Okay. If you ask me what uh, it means, statehood, for some people in Puerto Rico, I remember one day in April last year, or maybe two years ago, my uncle passed away. And uh, he was a veteran of the army. He was about 89 years old by then. And all his friends were veterans and are veterans because not all of them have passed away. So uh, their dream has been all their lives to become uh, statehood, you know, for Puerto Rico. And they are very proud of being American citizens and to have served uh, in the army and to have well served to the American nation. So when he passed away, we went to this cemetery in a kind of isolated village in Puerto Rico. Its name is San Germán. And it was this uh, real, very lonely cemetery. And it was a very hot day. And almost all the people there, and there were few people, not many, were people that were over their 80s and, or in their 90s. And I remember when they were carrying the, how do you say? The, um, the coffin. The coffin. And uh, these, his best friends that were all veterans and very old men, they were so proud of themselves with a lot of dignity. And they all stand in front of the coffin, rendering honor to my uncle. And in that place that was very silent and lonely, suddenly two soldiers from the, I don't know if it was the army or the National Guard, but the people that are Some in charge service, of yeah. these ceremonies in the cemeteries began to play the trumpet. The trumpet. And the only thing that we could listen in that place was the trumpet. And they were so serious and they began to, um, how do you say, the, the, uh, the banner of the, the United States, the, the flag, the black, the flag of the United States was over the coffin. And so for me, it was very, I don't know, the word is not strange, but something like that to see in this isolated cemetery these about eight men standing in front of that coffin with the American flag with a dream to become the state of the United States. But there was nothing there but them staring at the coffin and listening to the trumpet and watching these two soldiers folding the American flag. And suddenly, my aunt, his widow, stared at me and she said, 
I am so proud to be American citizen and took into her arms the flag and put it over her, her chest and her heart. And I thought that it was kind of ironic because in that moment, Promesa, the law Promesa, was being in the process of being signed. Established, yeah. Uh, established. And uh, it was like a contradiction. So. <laughs> Welcome to Catatonia, a cultural podcast about Puerto Rico, trauma, and unscrewing ourselves at a post-hurricane shock. My name is Huascar Robles, recording from Harlem, New York. Welcome, welcome again. So this is yet another episode of Catatonia. Thank you again for coming back and listening to our show. Um, so as you probably guessed from the the anecdote at the beginning of the episode, we're going to talk about statehood, about making Puerto Rico part of the union. There's a very, very um, contentious topic uh, anywhere on the island and off the island. And it always brings back many things, but among them memories of how our families associated themselves with or against uh, statehood and this is why our my friend uh, which will remain anonymous um, shared that experience with with us um, before we go into the episode let's talk about another thing so um, housekeeping issues again I am trying to improve the sound of Catatonia um, I am going for different rooms in the uh, in the house um, because I realized that Puerto Rico is a topic that I, why I did this podcast and bringing these issues forth, but overall creating conversation. And um, I thought to myself, if I, if I wait until I have a studio or a makeshift studio, I will never do it. So I started recording Catatonia because it had to be done at the moment. But as we move along, um, I'm improving uh, the technical aspect of uh of the podcast and I'm very excited to to start doing that. We are going to talk about statehood in Puerto Rico and all of what that means when we come back. Okay, so statehood. Um, I am not Wikipedia. If you want to look at the stats and how uh, the, the many uh, referenda that Puerto Rico has done in the past to try to become a state, you can go right ahead. I'm going to talk about anecdotes and what that means. Um, this time around, uh, the statehood issue uh, rewinded back into our lives because Jennifer Gonzalez, our, our Puerto Rico's non-voting representative on Congress, presented a bipartisan bill to begin proceedings to include Puerto Rico in the union. Um, I could end this debate with one word, bankruptcy. You know, bankruptcy is one of the benefits of being a, a state. Um, because we're a territory, we cannot apply for bankruptcy. You know, bankruptcy is that ability that you can say, whoops, I crapped my pants. Um, if we were to become 
a part of the union. I don't know if bankruptcy would be applied retroactively. Um, the maxim remains the same. The administration in Puerto Rico uh, is asking to be let in to the union. And, you know, what happens if we become a state? Uh, we could vote in the next elections. We may increase our federal help for social and healthcare programs. And we're done with being a colony. That's why everybody's so worked up because being a colony is what everybody considers undignified. And they think that us being a colony um, is what is causing uh, the hardship. Puerto Rico's current media exposure is beyond what we had in the last 50 years. I mean, before Hurricane Maria, half of the people didn't know what Puerto Rico was. And the other half thought we were natives living in huts, you know. Um, so after Maria, all this exposure might have motivated the administration in Puerto Rico to convince the government to let us in the union. Jennifer Gonzalez, our non-voting rep in Congress, drafted this bill to try to begin annexation. But before that... Uh, Governor uh, Ricardo Rosselló did the same. He actually went to the president on a governor's uh, activity, I believe. And this is on video. He asked that Puerto Rico should be letting let in um, the United States. And he actually said that Puerto Rico could help America great again. Um, but what he's telling is was it was uh, President Trump's response. He said, give us to Republican senators, which is back to the same origin. Puerto Rico is worth its political muscle, and we have none. So when we come back, I'm going to share my own anecdote about statehood. So I grew up in a middle-class household. You know, we weren't poor, but my parents were poor. And they fought their way into middle class. We lived in a small town called Caguas that I've mentioned that before. My mom and my dad taught me to love Puerto Rico. They were both very patriotic. And we had a Puerto Rican flag in, Puerto Rico, in my house. And I couldn't fathom forgetting about that flag to become part of another flag. But, hey, you know, I grew up in the 80s. It was MTV and Madonna all through that little tube called cable TV. And I was an impressionable boy. And at that point, I associated salsa, Nueva Trova, which is a type of music that evokes patriotism. And I associated that with oppressive patriarchy. And I associated pop music and all the propaganda from cable TV as an escape. I never stopped loving Puerto Rico, but I couldn't wait to leave the island, especially after one night in 1995. It was my second year in college, and I came home 
to my parents with uh, to my parents' homes with a friend. My parents were separating at the time. My dad was living elsewhere, and my mom was on vacation. I was taking a shower when I heard a scream from my bedroom. I ran down the hall, and I saw my friend screaming in agony. And when I looked to the side, the attacker was a cousin of mine. And I couldn't understand what was happening. Um, he, my friend ran out into the living room, and I r went right back with him. And when I went back into the living room, there were two other men. And uh, we were both, my friend and I were both held, and we were beaten. We weren't beaten severely at all. It was more like a warning. I, we can get into your house any type, we, any time we want kind of warning. And my friend, let's call him Mike, ran out of the porch and my cousin ran after him. Um, I got into the car, which had one of his windows broken. And when my, my friend got into the car while running on the street, he said that he had had a gun put to his, to his head. But that's when I decided that I didn't want to live in Puerto Rico no, anymore. Uh, I actually moved to Florida because I felt like I couldn't be myself in Puerto Rico. Little did I know I moved to Florida and I realized that not only experience um, homophobia, but racism. And while I never wanted Puerto Rico to be, become a state, I understood why people have the U.S. as an escape route, a way out. And in times of crisis, people want a way out. That's why immigrants come to the United States. That's why Puerto Ricans come to the United States. Because we, even if we don't believe in the politics that represent the U.S. abroad, we feel like it's a place that we can escape. It's a multicultural place in certain cities where you can find people like yourself and you can find a new life. Um, that's the way it's been sold to us and that's how what, what we do. I don't really think that we can say that statehood is going to change that. I worry about the people that believe that statehood might change that for them. Because when you look at places like Flint, Michigan, a, you know, a city that is 56% people of color and they are the victims of the worst environmental racism you know, in years. Why would Puerto Rico be any different if we were to become part of the U.S.? Why do we think that we're going to be treated differently? I don't think that Puerto Rico was ignored and treated differently after the hurricane or before the hurricane because we were not a state. I think that we were treated differently because we had no political power. We weren't worth 
the attention. And, you know, history would prove me right or wrong. I am not trying to make an argument in favor or against any status. I have my own beliefs and I'm not going to impose it on anybody. But I think that when we ask ourselves whether we should be a state or we should be independent or remain a territory, I think we're asking the wrong question. I think the question should be, will our lives change if we become part of the U.S.? Because we are part of the U.S. and up until now, things haven't been great. And for some people in the U.S., things are still pretty shitty. So let's leave this podcast on a better note. Remember that it's the summer. Enjoy uh, the rest of the summer. Be kind to one another. Thank you for listening to Catatonia. To my collaborators, Ilian Perez, Joaquin Cardoso, music by Adrian Bridges. Thank you so much for making Catatonia what it is. And uh, I hope to see you all next week. Bye.